Well, we welcome everybody here from St. Isaac Jogues in Baltimore area and our Holy Face Ministry from Buffalo, New York. You know, when we talk about our faith, we always seem to separate the Old Testament from the New Testament. And um, this Old Testament God was this ogre, this mean God. And then all of a sudden we have this sweet and kind, loving in Jesus who comes in the New Testament. It's even like the pictures of divine mercy. Do you know there's two different pictures? There's the Vilnius image that we have above our, our uh, tabernacle, but then there's a bluer kind image and it's called the Hyla. And everybody says, well, we like that one better, Father, because Jesus looks so much nicer. <laughs> so no, there is no separation of the Old and New Testament. They go together. The, the new is hidden in the old and the old is revealed in the new, as you hear Scott Hahn always say. But the beauty of it is there's a major connection between the two that doesn't end in the old and change in the new. It remains, and that's prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. This was the heart of the Jewish belief of how they practiced their faith. They just didn't believe in God. They lived it. This is where the Catholics and the Protestants see differently. They don't believe so much in the way we do that works, not works of the law, but works of love are critical to get to heaven. We as Catholics do. And ways that we could do that are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Now, fasting is something that's very misunderstood. My father himself always says, I just don't get this fasting thing. I just don't get it. And many of us don't. Well, technically, I don't tell him this, but he doesn't actually have to fast anymore. Why? Because at 18 to 59, is when the ages of the church requires us to fast. What are the two days of the year that we're required to fast? Good Friday and Ash Wednesday. All right, now, that's not that difficult. Okay, we could do this. So Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, these are for healthy Catholics 18 to 59, not difficult. This means what? And this isn't even that hard. Come on, if we can't do this, one regular meal and two small meals that don't equal a regular meal. My goodness, we can do this. We really can. So Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, though, are also days of abstinence. That means no meat. Now, what other Catholics don't realize is, do you know every Friday is a day of abstinence? Every Friday is still in the church a day of penance. Now, people say, well, you know, eat your steak on Friday. We could do that now. Actually, no. We are to give up still meat on Friday. The church does allow if you go and do another penance in replace of not eating meat. So in other words, if you do have meat on a Friday, now again, not good Friday, but any other Friday, and especially not Fridays in Lent, but in regular ordinary time, like we are now, if you eat meat on Friday, you have to give up another form of penance. People don't think this anymore. This is important. And no meat, there is no age limit, Dad. <laughs> 14 and up, you are not to eat meat on Good Friday, of course, and Fridays in Lent. But 
you should carry that throughout the whole year. And if you do eat meat, that's fine, but give up something else. So we don't know this. So all Fridays are a day of penance. You know, if we do eat meat, again, give up something else, as we said. Now, what's the meaning of fasting? Our Lord talks about it. Remember that one passage where Jesus says, the apostles like, how come we couldn't drive out these demons? And Jesus said, this is a tough one. This kind only comes out with prayer and fasting. And so by fasting, why? Why is that important? Because we are controlling the passions of the body. We have become a society that is controlled by comfort and, and, and pleasure. You know, I don't think it's any coincidence to me that, for instance, we are controlled by, by our passions, you know, and our, what we want, what's comfort. Like even the symbol for apple, the bite out of the apple, I think it ties back to, to man's self-will. And then everything is called an iPhone, an iPad. It's all about I. And so we have to realize that fasting can be of good here. We are controlling the passions of the body. Why? Because then you free your souls. All right. Very important for prayer. So refraining from food. Now, we're not talking about dangerous. Like my mom, she can't do this because her blood sugar goes way up or way, way down. She'll have to get up at three o'clock in the morning to, to eat because her blood sugar will plummet and she could die. And so, yes, the church is not saying that. This is all for healthy people who can. So refraining from food helps bring what? Our bodies under the control of our spirit. That's the key. It's a way of doing penance for past sins as well. Because remember, what is purgatory? All of our non-Catholic brethren always chew us up as Catholics. By believing in purgatory, you believe as Catholics that Jesus' work on the cross was not finished. And purgatory does not forgive sins. Well, two things here. We as Catholics don't believe either of those things. Yes, Jesus did die and finished everything on the cross. And no, purgatory is not a place to forgive sins. You only make it to purgatory if your sins have already been forgiven. What purgatory is, is three things. Detachment. You are detaching from the things that, that consume you in this world. Two is to atone for past sins. And three is to prepare for heaven so that everything else will be detached. And you know what all three of those things you can do on earth? Fasting. Fasting does all three of those things. So if you don't want to spend time in purgatory, I'm scared to death of purgatory. If you've read some of the saints account of it, like whatever you indulged in in this life, like you're going to be, that's how you'll be reconciled back in, in purgatory. Like if you love donuts, for instance, and you're, you're the sin of gluttony, you're eating donuts all the time, purgatory is going to be one giant donut and you're going to have to, you're going to have to eat it. So these, these, <laughs> these are the things that we don't understand the purpose, but fasting will help you prepare. It's a way to do your purgatory on earth. It's fascinating to me. So anyway, this is why we do this. All right. So food is not bad. 
Nobody's saying food is bad. It's good, but sometimes giving up good things help us to focus on what is better. What is better, and that is God. Now, penance comes in two forms. Doing things you don't like to do and not doing things you like to do. So a form of penance, doing something you don't like to do, might be like taking a cold shower. Oh, I hate that in the winter mornings. That's awful. But it, man, talk about detaching you and waking you up. Then you can give up something you like. Like the hardest thing for me, and I've tried to do it on fall Saturdays, is giving up watching a Michigan football game. So it, it's a real sacrifice. You give up something you enjoy for a greater good. Now, the gospel here is about self-denial and detachment from all things that consume us. Now, this is important because we have to break concupiscence. What is concupiscence? That is our natural fallen state now. Since the original sin, we are, we are tendency, we have a tendency to sin in the seven deadly sins. What are the seven deadly sins? The whole purpose of prayer and fasting and almsgiving is to get closer to God. But how you get closer to God is to avoid those seven deadly sins. Can you all remember your seven deadly sins? Well, an easy way to remember them that I was always taught, one of the best things I remember about Sister Dorothy, Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Gilligan's Island. All seven of them were a lesson in the seven deadly sins. Who was the professor? Pride. He always thought he knew better than others. He could make a radio out of a coconut. <laughs> what was Gilligan? Sloth. He was always trying to find a way, caught sleeping, sleeping on the job, trying to get out of work. Gilligan was sloth. Who was the skipper? Anger. He was always anger, wrath, yelling at Gilligan, slapping him with his hat. Who was Marianne? She was envy. She envied Ginger. She wanted to be like Ginger in everything. What was Ginger? <laughs> Lust. <laughs> Lust. She wanted to be with every guy on the island. There was only four of them. <laughs> so we have Ginger was lust. Okay, who was Mrs. Howell? She was gluttony. She wanted more minks and stoles. Where did they get all those minks and stoles on the, on the island? You know, they were only there for a three-hour tour, but she had rings and minks. So she was gluttony, never had enough. And what was Thurston Howell? Greed. Always wanting more money, more, more, more. These are the seven deadly sins in our fallen nature that we, we succumb to. And so this is something that we have to realize. We have to start with the body to free the soul. If we don't, we fall into those. We can become so attached to things that they become our God. And what's the most dangerous of all those? Yourself. You know, nobody confesses ever to me confessing breaking the first commandment. But you know, we almost all break the first commandment at one time or another. What is the first commandment? That we don't have any gods before the one true God. Well, I don't worship Allah. I don't worship Buddha. So I don't break the first commandment. No, because a lot of times we put ourselves on the throne. We become our own God. We don't ask for God's will to be done. We, we do our will be done. So this is important. 
And so we become things and they become gods to us. This is where fasting and abstinence help us because we can truly be fulfilled and satisfied for God alone, not the things of the world, truly fill us. Detach on earth and this is how you practice for heaven because heaven is complete detachment. It's not about ourselves. It's about loving God and neighbor. Why do you think Jesus made the top two commandments Loving God and loving your neighbor above all else, because that's what heaven is. In heaven, it is only about loving God first and then loving your neighbor who's there with you. It's not self-love. That's not self-love. So will we be sad in heaven, though, if our loved ones are not there? A lot of people said, Father, I don't want to go to heaven if my loved ones are not there. Actually, you won't be sad at all, because it'll all be revealed to you. Everybody who's not in heaven chose not to be there. Remember C.S. Lewis said heaven, excuse me, hell is locked from the inside. Nobody is sent to hell by God. They choose it. And so when, when your loved ones are not there, it's because they didn't want to be there. It's hard to fathom, but it's a true part of our faith. And so prayer, fasting, and almsgiving help us to get our loved ones there. If you're worried, Father, now you scare me. My loved ones are not going to be there. Prayer, fast, and almsgiving offer it up for their conversion. A lot of times conversions don't happen till the end of one's life. This is what St. Faustina says. So to finish, fasting can help detach us from ourselves, then to focus on others like almsgiving does. You know, fasting... Our problem is we should detach from ourselves, love our neighbor more, and most of all, love God, like a triangle. Fasting does this because it detaches from ourselves. Almsgiving focuses on our neighbor, and prayer takes it all up to God. Powerful stuff. And so we have to realize how powerful this is. Don't be like the Pharisees. You know, letting everybody, the message of this gospel is don't walk around you know, I've been fasting for two days now. <laughs> this is why I'm grumpy. So no, don't be like the Pharisees. Be humble. And you know what? If it is a Friday and you're giving up meat and you go to somebody else's house and they went to the trouble to make you a steak, you eat it. You eat it. Do you know what else? Even if it's a Friday in Lent, this is shocking to people. I got mean letters saying, you don't know what you're talking about, Father. Even if it is a Friday in Lent and you have been invited to a non-Catholic's house and they don't understand Catholic teaching and they make you a stake and you didn't tell them or you didn't have a chance and they did it, it is more charitable to eat that stake than embarrass them by saying, I can't eat that. Now that doesn't mean set it up to go to your neighbor's house <laughs> that say, you know, steak is really good. <laughs> No. And so we don't want to lose the purpose of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. You know, we don't want to lose the purpose. My mom was so cute years ago. She didn't know, under, understand fasting, but when she did, she says, you know, I kind of like this fasting thing. I lost 10 pounds. I, I look better. So no, fasting isn't about looking better. And, and prayer is not about our will. You know, like when you pray, don't sit there and say, Lord, please change my husband and not pray to change us. So we don't pray just for our will. We pray for God's will. And finally, almsgiving. 
Don't give alms and expect Father Brian, if you write Father Brian a nice big check for the Isaac Jogues Parish, and Father Brian takes and says, oh, God bless you, and then you turn around and say, Father, when are you going to put my picture on the front page of the bulletin? <laughs> no, that's not how it works. We do it in secret. We do it not to be seen. <clears throat> and so this is powerful stuff. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. You know, they can actually relieve the punishment that we Oh, for consequences of our sins. They can bring us closer to God because we detach from ourselves. And this is the basis of what the Jews believed. So we as Catholics carry on that tradition. And when we do it, we bring into the world a penicillin. Because every time somebody in the world sins, it's like injecting a poison into the body of Christ. The world is in such a mess in my opinion, because there's much more poison being injected into the world, into the body of Christ through sin, and not enough penicillin being injected into the body of Christ, the world, through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So just remember, when you do any one of those, you're putting a penicillin into the body of Christ, into the world. And that penicillin, only until we start doing more prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, then there is more sin will we finally figure out what is wrong with the world today. So God bless all of you. You've all started by being here with the biggest of them all, prayer. The mass, the most perfect form of prayer. Why? Because it's not our prayer, it's God. The mass is God offering God to God. God the Holy Spirit offering God the Son in sacrifice to God the Father. And that's what we're ready to celebrate. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.